prepare your ears, humans. Happy, sad, confused begins now. Today on Happy, Sad, Confused, Natalie Emmanuel from Game of Thrones and the Fast and Furious franchise to her own feature film, The Invitation. Hey guys, Josh Horowitz here with another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Yes, a new guest to the podcast today. Another very familiar face, though, for you, those of you that have watched Game of Thrones. And I'm guessing that 90% of the listeners of Happy, Sad, Confused, as people of good taste, have watched Game of Thrones. I certainly did. A little late to the party, as people may know. Yes, it took me to the last season to catch up, but I got there, guys. And I'm enjoying House of the Dragon as well. Well, Natalie Emanuel was, of course, a key part of that series. Uh, she is now starring in her first feature film, Front and Center. I mean, she's been in many films, of course. Uh, no less than the Fast and Furious franchise, as I mentioned. But now she gets to be the lead in her own film. It is The Invitation. It opens in theaters this Friday. Uh, and it's kind of a modern retelling, a little bit of the Dracula vampire story. Um, set in with some contemporary themes. Um, you'll see, I don't want to reveal too much, but uh, if you're a sucker, and I mean that in the least punny way possible um, for these kinds of stories, you'll enjoy this one. And Natalie is, of course, a arresting, charismatic performer, and it's great to see her get a shot at the big time, at, at leading her own film, and she more than lives up to the challenge. So Natalie Emanuel is on the podcast today. Uh, we talk about her whole career, her comfort movie, her, um, her, her, her time on Game of Thrones, uh, the future of the Fast and Furious franchise, and much more. I know you guys will dig it. Uh, as always, a lot more is going on in the Josh Horowitz Happy, Sad, Confused universe. I'm gearing up for the Toronto Film Festival, which will be in a few weeks, and prior to that, I'm actually going to be, and I'm very excited about this, at the Telluride Film Festival for the very first time over Labor Day weekend. For those of you that follow the film festival game, as it were, um, Telluride is kind of one of the kickoff film festivals, uh, along with Venice, and I've always dreamed of going, and it's uh, this is the year. I'm doing it. Um, so I don't think I'm necessarily going to be recording stuff out there. Who knows if a podcast opportunity pops up, I'll do that. But this is more uh, just to enjoy movies and see people I, I know and love and respect and um, just enjoy the Telluride weather and environs. It's supposed to be beautiful there. So I've heard for years this is you know like a film festival lovers festival. So I will report back to you guys. Um, and perhaps I'll even be doing some postings about it, certainly on social media, but also perhaps on the YouTube channel, which as I've mentioned before, we've recently launched. I'm very excited about it. It's youtube.com slash Josh Horowitz. Again, that's youtube.com slash Josh Horowitz. Stop what you're doing right now. Give us a subscription. Give us a subscribe over there. Do whatever you have to do. Just hit the like, hit the subscribe button, whatever you do. Um, we're just getting started there. But as you'll see, we're posting tons of really cool old and new content. Um, stuff from the archives, old Happy Sad Confused episodes, old Game Night episodes, but also um, stuff expressly for the YouTube channel. Um, Natalie's conversation will be there. Uh, th there's a ton of great stuff. And like I said, I'm, I'm looking at it as an opportunity also to 
record dispatches from different film festivals. I have some exciting plans, certainly at Toronto, to record some fun conversations. And we'll see, like I said, what happens at Telluride. But I'm just, I'm just psyched for the fall festival season because that means great movies, the movies that you can really sink your teeth into. Um, and many of them I are at, at or near the top of my list for the most anticipated films of 2022. So um, excited about that and a lot of really cool people and filmmakers returning to the fray. Um, you know, everyone from Steven Spielberg has this new personal film called The Fablemans that's going to be at Toronto. Um, Sam Mendes has a new film. Uh, Sarah Polly has a film everybody's talking about called Women Talking, coincidentally enough, with our beloved uh, Claire Foy and Jesse Buckley and Francis McDormand. So, I don't know, that's the tip of the iceberg, guys. That's just off the top of my head, but there's so much, so much cool stuff coming. I'm excited to cover it all for you guys right here on Happy, Sad, Confused and on the YouTube channel. Um, what else can I mention? Well, we have, let's see, uh, a bunch of uh, uh, live events coming up in New York, one that's officially on the books that you can purchase your tickets for now. And I'll, uh, we have plenty of time to tout this because it's months away, but it's a rare opportunity when I can say there's an event months away. Uh, but get your tickets right now for October 25th. Ralph Macchio, yes, of Cobra Kai and the Karate Kid fame, uh, is gonna be my guest at Symphony Space October 25th in New York City. Get your tickets now. Uh, the link to purchase tickets is in the show notes. You can also purchase uh, virtual tickets to watch us live if you can't be there in person. But I'd love to see you guys in person because these live events are amazing. Uh, I've got some more stuff cooking with 92Y, some stuff cooking with Symphony Space. Um, yeah, so, you know, many opportunities to come out and say hi in person to little old me, and I always love hearing from you guys. Um, what else can I mention? We debuted a new um, Comedy Central uh, episode of the Untitled Josh Horowitz Show with Kevin Hart and Mark Wahlberg the other day. That's on YouTube, on my social media, Josh, Joshua Horowitz on Twitter and Instagram. That was a blast. Um, maybe not so much for my clothing. You'll, you'll see if you watch. They kind of destroy me, but in the nicest possible way. Um, what else should I mention? I think that's it, guys. There's a lot going on, but, you know, a little bit at a time, one step at a time, right? Um, today, front and center, let's give props to Natalie Emmanuel because it's a big moment for her to get to be front and center of your own feature film after being in a bunch of series and supporting characters in films, and I know she's very proud of the work. So come on out, support it, the invitation in theaters this Friday, and in the meantime, enjoy my chat with Natalie Emmanuel. Welcome to the podcast, Natalie Emanuel, on this sweltering, insane day in New York City. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I'm actually quite comfortably cool <laughs> inside, but I haven't been outside yet. So I'm in my head, it's just nice and cool everywhere. I, well, I have I'm been out. In my ignorance. <laughs> Stay where you are. Um, yeah, I didn't realize you were doing press in town or else we would have tried to make this work in person, but that's okay. It's another time. This is a, an amuse-bouche for our growing relationship. Um, congratulations on the new film. Uh, so first, just give me some context, like you in New York. Have you spent a lot of time here? Are, are you shooting here now? What's Why are you no, here right now? We're here doing um, press for the movie, promoting the invitation. Um, I th I'm not sure exactly why they chose New York. It might be because Thomas also lives here, and it's like kind of a place between everyone's places. You know, London, LA, like I think it's like a good... sure meeting place um in the middle 
Um, but yeah, like I, um, I love New York. I love New York. Every time I come to New York, I'm like, I think I want to live in New York. Um, and then the whole, the whole idea of just like not being up the road from my mom makes me really sad. And then I'm like, no, I can't do it. But you know, it still might happen. Who knows? I might finally like, you yeah, know. One of these days, it's a long life. And you look, we've got it all. We've got, and if you, is, is London your, your, your home? Is London? Yes, London's where I'm based. Um, yeah. I grew up out just outside of London in, um, well, about an hour and a half um, in Essex. Mm-hmm. Um, in a little seaside town called South End on Sea. That's where I grew up. And that's where my mum still is. Um, and then, yeah, so I'm I'm close to, to family very easily. What, <laughs> what was London or New York or any of the quote unquote big cities to you growing up? I mean, were you in London a lot as a kid? Yeah, I mean, our family are from London. So like, we like I spend a lot of time in sort of northeast London, Walthamstow, Leytonstone. That's where like all my cousins and my aunties lived, and we used to spend lots of, lots of summers there. And you know, so it was really like I obviously didn't grow up and go to school in London, and right. I think obviously that really shaped the person. But I I yeah, I feel like I London was just like part of my yeah landscape of my life so it, it, it wasn't like a huge like I'm moving to the big city well like- yeah and 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 we'll get into your, your work life too I mean pretty early on obviously you you ended up there so we'll, we'll get to that but first let's start on the on the new film which I very much enjoyed and it's an exciting opportunity for you I'm sure I mean look there are no there's no dragons there's no Vin Diesel to say hey you take the big you know you know load of press it's on you Natalie this is your yeah. film I know how does it feel? Does it feel like a different kind of experience? I mean, there are two yeah. sides of it. There's the making of it, and then there's the promotion side of it, and they both have different responsibilities. Has it been, is this mm-hmm. a responsibility that you've kind of like been chasing and have accepted? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, I just, I've always liked to challenge myself. I love what I do. I love storytelling. And I'm like, I have been building and like, gaining experience, learning, trying to just like building up to this moment. And, and I feel so just like, it, it feels really big. Like when you think about, you know, when I started as a little kid and like, then this, mo- like I, my, I went, we watched the screening last night and it was so crazy. It was like a many, a lot of years like flashed before my eyes. And I was like thinking of all the people, all the like knockbacks and the successes and the knockbacks again and yeah people that just like contributed to making this happen in the ways that they probably didn't even realize and maybe I didn't even realize you know and so I was it's just so beautiful and I just want to enjoy it and take it all in and just just try to really like suppress my imposter syndrome <laughs> just be like Natalie this is good this it's is okay good. you've earned it yeah I know <laughs> you worked really hard but yeah. there's always that moment when you're like really is this my life <laughs> what has happened um so I'm so super proud of it and it's just you know for a first kind of lead in a movie um I was so so proud of the work that um I did and the team that I had I was so grateful for the team and the people involved and Jess and Thomas like it really was like oh okay for your first kind of um like like vehicle that you're yeah you know driving and leading it's like 
you, I couldn't have asked for an, an, like a greater group and a lovely, lovely group. So I was just felt so proud of everyone. Like it really wasn't just my success doing a lead. It was like, there were so many people that um, made it happen. And then like the success of the shoot and the success of the film and what we made like is a group effort. Everyone like really held, we really had to hold each other up and really did. And I felt that love and support and, you know, and I, and I, yeah, it was a really, I mean, it was a tough shoot, but we really would like, we've got- You were in it together, yeah. I'm curious, I'm always curious talking to actors about like that, the experience of being number one on the call sheet and like uh, when, when you're not number one on the call sheet, looking to the person that's number one, who often sets the tone. And I've heard the good, the bad and the ugly of that. And I'm sure you've had that in your career of seeing people that set the right tenor, the wrong tenor. What I have you learned? Yeah. From that. And I what did you want to emulate? Been really lucky. I think I've been really lucky actually. Like, you know, there's been, there's been some, some characters that I was, you know, less compatible with is the nice way of putting it. <laughs> right. Um, you know, and that's okay. Like not everyone gets on and that's okay. Yeah. Um, but I think for me, like I am really, really sensitive to other people's kind of energy. And like, if I feel like there's strange energy in the group or like if I feel someone's upset or not feeling hurt, like it really upsets me. I have a really kind of intense sense of fairness and like, I just want everyone to be excited to show up every day and feel, you know, looked after. And, and I, I think I just want everyone to feel how I would like to be treated and how I like the energy to be. But like, you know, not everybody needs the same things and you have to also respect people's boundaries. And just, I think, you know, just making sure that you are aware of um, the, the individuals that you're working with and making sure that, um they feel that they can come to you. I feel I feel like if I've got an issue and it's often so scary to go and say, um, oh, actually, is it okay if we do, you know, and it's, it takes a lot of courage. And I, and I think it's important for me to like have a rapport with people. I like to sort of spend one-on-one time with all of the actors I'm working with, just have a cup of tea, like it's all, you know, just in prep or let's grab, let's grab lunch, let's grab dinner, you know, just, I'm going to, like just connect with people and because that's really what we're doing we have to like build connections on camera so why would we not um offset I mean some actors don't need that and I and I you know good for them but I really love doing that because I love people I like to connect and build a sort of family vibe so that everybody feels that they can say what they need and you know not every kind of I don't know like thing that we would want to happen happens but I just this is the nature yes you know you could don't win every you know fight or battle or whatever but the idea that you can't say oh I it, I would re- really make me happy if yes or we could try to you know and I want everyone to feel that way and um and I think that Jess really established an environment like that too so I think that also really helps and I and I'm and I think that's where we we're in sync and I think just us wanting that environment for the cast was really important and you know they're all pros like they're all just brilliant and like yeah it was so great to play against and I was like this is lovely (laughs) 
<laughs> like this is lovely. <laughs> well, it is, it's what like what you're saying, Jobs, is what I've always like found on on film or TV sets, which is that yin and the yang, which is like it's this naturally very high pressure environment. Time is money. We got to move. We got to move. Like every second counts, and yet it's all about like for the actors in particular relaxing and just being open and being yeah. present and it's like and being somehow open. finding that middle ground right and, you know and I think just practical things that I learned um that I've been learning just throughout my entire career like you know I know the things that I need in order to do my job well and not all of them are possible all the time but you have to like actively prioritize them so you know like I'm not very good on no sleep I know that um I'm not very good if I'm not taking care of myself like with my food or like with exercise or like my mental health like I have to look yeah. after all of these things and prioritize them and um and I think like when I'm filming sadly like I'm not the one that's like hey let's go to a obviously we've been going through a pandemic but like right. I'm not like I'm not, I'm not the one that's like let's go to a bar after work I'm like well it is 10 p.m <laughs> time everybody gotta get my 10 hours Good morning. Yeah. yeah and so yeah. I tend to like be I'm, I'm a bit of a like you know early bedtime person anyway and I'm quite like homebody yeah so um that's just like my natural thing but it's kind of is e even more extreme when I'm filming <laughs> I'm like um, yeah okay. well you know yourself by now that, that, and that's very that shows maturity Natalie I think um let, let's talk about some of the, the um the, the fun of this movie which is both the genre of film and has some some bigger interesting themes and this often is the case for these kind of like quote-unquote vampire stories these Dracula stories which we've seen so many iterations of over the years and I'm a sucker for them. And I did not mean that pun as I was saying it, I wanted to stop myself and I couldn't. I love that you said it. I hate myself for I it. I didn't mean it. I trust me. Um, what's your, uh, what's I your, I embrace it. What's your vampire bag? Like, were you like Bram Stoker's Dracula, Twilight, all of the film. above? I love them. I think, I think vampires are such a fascinating idea. Yeah. Um, and they really just like make us confront all the sort of extremities of like the human experience. And that's why they're fun. You know, they're like sexy, they're violent. Like we're all fascinated and curious about all these things, immortality, power. Like it's like a accumulation of all these kind of things that you're like, um, we yeah, all forbidden fruit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Us or want, you know? Yeah, and yeah. so I, I like, I, I always was really into them. Um, but we were talking, we were doing, obviously doing press yesterday. The yeah. movie that came up a lot was like an interview with a vampire. Yep. I obviously love Bram Stoker. Um, like the sort of theatrical, like big set pieces of oh. it. Like, it's brilliant. Yeah. And like, um, I also love this movie. And I feel like it was, it was called 30 Days of Night. Oh, yeah, yeah. David Slade directed I it. I know it very well, Josh Hartnett. It was very, it was less um, kind of sort of sexy vampire. It was like, we're like gonna kill you all. And it's yeah. like really like, pred like predators, like, like violent creatures just descending on a town. And I'm like, that is terrifying. Yeah. But amazing. And I loved, I always liked that film. That's a good uh, call. Ben Foster, I remember, was really good in that one. Yeah. yeah good everyone stuff. Yeah. was really strong. And I, I, was, I was saying yesterday um, on, a, on another podcast, I was like, 
um, I rewatched uh, Jennifer's body. I know she wasn't a vampire, but she was like a demon that ate people. So I was Close like, enough. yeah, we, we, we'll, we'll allow it. We'll allow it. And, um, <laughs> and I was just, and obviously it's like a very, it's a female written, female directed, female led, yes. like a monster like movie really, isn't it? A demon, like a supernatural thriller, horror. And I, and I loved it. I thought it was so funny and like, brilliant and smart and before it's time and now it's like this I didn't even realize it's like this cult classic. oh it has people love it now and I was like I always loved it so I was so happy to watch it again and um, I was like oh yeah it really still holds up and I just was excited because I love this idea of just um, you know it really kind of like talks about these themes of like you know exploitation and brutality and sexuality and you know, and it has those same things. And so I've always been, a, I've always been like a fan of vampire movies. And also they always like are fabulous. Like the vampire is always like, <laughs> got the threads, they've got the castle. It's like kind of, you know, amazing. Like it's a good visual. gig. Yeah. yeah. Who, who helped shape your taste in film? I know you've talked a lot about how like close you were and are with your mom. Was she the, the, the primary kind of influence in your life in terms of film and TV or what? I, do you know what? I think that, there was a lot of um, like weekends. Like my mom used to work um, night shifts a lot. So she would go to work and then through the day, especially at the weekend, we'd be like just left like downstairs watching cartoons. And then like, well, when I was a kid, there was only like five channels. Right. <laughs> if there were more, we didn't have them, but there was like five channels and it was like, they would just be like Western movies and like, these old movies that we just play all day on a Sunday and like Saturday afternoon. And I definitely used to see lots of films like um, through just watching TV and like that would play on, on um, British TV, like in the daytime at the weekends. Um, but also like, you know, the things that my friends were watching and we all like, you know, had our boy crushes and they were doing in a film, you know, so it right. was definitely like just my friends, but I also, just grew up like doing theater and um, performing arts. And so just the idea of like watching a story and, 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 you know, just loving storytelling was just a part of my kind yeah. of life from such a young age. And um, yeah, and my, my cousins always like got DVDs and then they would like give us them. We'd like watch them on like a cycle or not DVDs. It was VHF. Sorry. Um, <laughs> sorry. I forgot how old I was. And then, um, yeah. And so we'd get like the VHS, like from our cousins, but yeah, I, yeah, I love, I love, um, I've always loved it. It was like various places I used to kind of indulge myself, but there was a lot of films that I actually wasn't allowed to watch because I was like, maybe my parents were like, I don't know if that's appropriate. And then I'd be at friends' houses where their mums were a bit more relaxed and then <laughs> watch the good stuff. And then Is, we watched it. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> Is that where your, your comfort movie comes into play? Because the movie you, you pre-selected to talk about today, which is a great choice, by the way, uh, came out, I think, when you were probably only 11 years old, which seems yeah. a little young for a pretty sexy, romantic film, or maybe not. You tell I me actually watched it, maybe I was a couple years older, maybe a few years older. Yep. Um, and a friend of um, our family, um, she recommended it. And she said, oh, you should watch this film. And she thinks she'd, she was like, it's one of my favorite films, like you should watch it. And she said, it's, you know, it's just chemistry. 
that's the word she was like it's just chemistry and I was like you know I'm like teenage girl like peak teenage girl like oh god I want to watch a movie and the thing as well was like I had no idea what it was about and um I kind of just like pictured maybe like a sort of I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess I didn't expect it to be like a female lead and a woman who's like pursuing basketball. Well, and- let's, let's tell the audience what it is before yeah. we like, we built it up. So the mystery so okay. much. It's, it's Love and Basketball, which is, of it's course, uh, from Gina Prince-Bythewood, great filmmaker. This was her first film as a writer and director. Uh, Sanaa Lathan, uh, Omar Epps, yeah. uh, Alfre Woodard. Great cast came out in 2000. Sorry, take it away. I didn't want to give a little context. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. And so I like love the fact that this um, woman, young woman, um, was like pursuing basketball and you can sort of see like it's not a, something that is traditionally encouraged or um, necessarily pursued by um, young women. And, you know, all of the sort of, the sort of watching the guy that she grew up with and how different his experience was to hers. And I just felt so connected to this idea. And, um, and uh, I immediately, I, I think I, I thought the movie was about him because I just assumed it would be. <laughs> <laughs> That's what movies are. They're always about the guy. <laughs> he, like meets a girl and, and then they fall in love and he's like the basketball star. That's right. literally what I perceived it when she told me about it. Um, and it was not that. And it was, and, there, and I feel like there was a reason she said you need to watch this because it wasn't just about the kind of like chemistry of these two wonderful actors. It was and this love story. It really was about, you know, a young woman def- like defying all the odds and all the, you know, lack, lack of belief in her and, you know, not feeling supported and just, yeah, like I'm still pursuing and persevering and in not just her sport, but in her in her her love of yeah. her, 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 her person. So I just loved it. I thought it was fantastic. And Sonali then, oh my God. I it's a great, it. it's a great pick. And it's another movie. I feel like Jennifer's body that's only grown in estimation over the years. People just keep coming back I to watch it. it. Every so often. I mean, I've watched it so much that I've had to rebuy it because I like really just. <laughs> wore it down. DVD. It was like, this needs, nothing's playing on this. And I had to rebuy it. But um, I, Honestly, I think it's such a great film and it really is like, it takes me back to that time. Yeah. Just being a teenage, teenage girl, I'm like wondering what my life is going to be and what I wanted to do. And like, am I going to have people tell me I can't do things? Well, of course I have like, yeah. you know, young woman of color, like trying to be in this bigger world. Like I just, all of it, I was like. <laughs> That's beautiful. Like- I love all of that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Were you also, so like, I'm curious, you've ended up in so much, and this is not unique to you, but like many actors, a lot of genre stuff. We make a lot of genre stuff now, whether it's action films and fantasy films, sci-fi, et cetera. Were you into that stuff as a kid? Like, were you were you the Harry Potter kid? Were you into um, any of that or I not? I was really? a Harry Potter kid. I was. And um, I, I, yeah, I remember the first one of those coming out and uh, me and my friend, well, we watched it at her house and I think we watched the first one and then we just were like, should we watch it again? <laughs> <laughs> Are you watch doing it. anything? I'm not. Let's watch it again. Let's watch it again. We just basically rewound the, the VHS and press play. 
Love it. it was like we loved I loved it I mean I maybe fell out of them as as um I kind of got older but yeah. I definitely re-watched them all recently back to back and that was really fun and it was kind of incredible to see those actors grow and you know become who they became and those stories were like um yeah I was a big fan of them um and I had the books and I was bought the books and I like yeah they were fab um I also really liked um like never ending story that was like amazing <laughs> um what else did I like I mean I like the dark first dark crystal movie like the dark yeah, and you ended up in the the reboot yeah yeah that's amazing so cool and I was like I think that gives me some cool points oh definitely so, well sure. you're picking also films like those are like really arresting uh, visually they take you to another world like to like they're so they're like fever dreams like they're just yeah big swings yeah yeah and I also um yeah and you know one of my other favorite films and like just one of my other favorite stories I should say is a kind of like Peter Pan sort of um world as well um because I always liked this idea of like you know pirates and fairies and like you know I kind of was always into that story and my sister used to for me she's like my Wendy like in my life she always my big sister we shared a bedroom she used to tell me stories before bed and like <laughs> used to make up stuff she'd say because her bed was by the window and she'd go oh Natalie um so last night Peter Pan came to my window and we were flying and I would be like oh, really she'd be like yeah I tried to wake you but you were really super, really sleepy and so next time like she used to say all the time I'd be like where did you go? And she'd be, and I believed, when I said you, I believed her for a long time. And so, yeah, Peter Pan was like, you know, that kind of just like other world, like this idea that this other world exists somewhere. And, you know, I, I loved it. I really did. So when you end up in... What am I talking about? I still love that story. Yeah, of course we all do, right? So when you end up in maybe not as sweet a world as the Peter Pan uh, world, but Game of Thrones, when you end up on that set in that environment, this is this was a show that was already going. You knew it wasn't it was one of the things where you knew what you were getting into. And you, I know you chased it. You heard about it. When yeah. you finally started doing it, did it feel like I've arrived? Like this is a moment in my career? This is something I've been chasing or what? This was a game changer. And that is like not an understatement. I mean, I was a fan of the show. Yes. I kind of like annoyed my agent for a while about getting an audition, but I never actually thought that that was possible. You know, <laughs> like they didn't, I mean, we've, it's been spoken of widely how they didn't particularly cast people of color, like hugely in like kind of regular leading roles. So, you know, I was so like, this is mine when it like came the opportunity came and I was like oh my goodness and then the sort of it dawned on me that I actually had to do it now <laughs> in my like the, the chase was yeah. everything I go chasing it chasing it now wait oh now I actually have to show up and do it yeah yeah and it was um there were no words to describe how I excited I was how terrified I was and I remember being at the first read through and just sort of like standing terrified in a corner as like all the lead cast, like, I'm like, oh my god, it's Catelyn Stark. Oh my god, there's uh, you know, there's there's, there's Sam Darley. There's oh my god, you know, just being like a proper fangirl in the corner. And then um, actually, it was Finn um, Jones who I'd actually met on a previous job. He was like, 
Natalie, do you want me to find your seat? And I was like, in order to help you find your seat, I was like, just a bit terrified. It was amazing. But it was, it was, in, it, the thing that was so amazing about it was suddenly you're stepping into these worlds that like you walk onto the set, you put on your costume and it feels, everything feels so real. And right. you're, you're like, oh, I'm in it. I'm really in it. And it's, it's mind blowing. I hadn't quite been around big kind of set pieces like that before. Yeah. Um, everything I did had done before was very modern and like, you know, just in a pub, in a, <laughs> a st- shop in someone's house. Like it was very like modern, like this very high concept stuff. And I realized, oh, this is like another level. Like this is a net, like a whole other dimension almost. Right. Like it was so worlds apart from what I knew. And, um, but what I, the first thing I noticed is like, as soon as they announced my casting, how passionate, hardcore the fans are. I mean, immediately I was like, because fantasy fans, I, I think specifically, they, they like live it. They yes. live it. And, um, and immediately they were like, oh, this is Armasande. And just like, we're like, just embrace you. In yeah. A beautiful way. And I hadn't necessarily experienced that before. And it was. And it's going to last the rest of your life. We're going to feel that that's, that's always going to be there, which is amazing. It's so sweet. And you realize kind of like, there's a real sort of art to making fantasy feel grounded and real and like, you know, not sort of, and that's what I think Game of Thrones did so well with the tonal nature of it. Like the sort of supernatural elements or the fantasy elements were really kind of, were so well ingrained that you didn't actually like realize they were particularly. Yes. Supernatural. It's also exciting to see, like, and you refer to this, and you've talked about this a lot, obviously, like, yes, traditionally in fantasy, we don't see people of color, women of color in that world. And, and mm-hmm. progress was made. And I know there were a lot was made of, of, the fact that your character died and the way she died, et cetera. And there's that narrative, but like, it struck me, I was just at Comic-Con familiar environs for you. And I talked to like the new Lord of the Rings cast and it is the most diverse multicultural, every like color, creed, everything. And it's like how far we've come. Look, we let's not pat ourselves on the back too much, but like a lot has is changing, which is exciting. Yeah, I mean, we've come a long way, but there's obviously still work to do always. And also you have to like, I someone made this analogy once about like with this kind of thing, it's like if you're in the ocean and if you don't keep treading water, you're going to be pulled away from shore. So you have right. to keep treading, you have to yep. keep treading, unfortunately. Yep. And so, and I thought that's sort of how I feel about that, um, that uh, conversation. But I, uh, but I was so proud of the fact that, you know, listen, I had a beautiful time on that show. They wrote me beautiful scenes and beautiful storyline. And I felt very um, just, just so lucky to have um, that part and play that, that part. I, I mean, I like thoroughly enjoyed being the Sunday of Nath. Like she was, it will always, I'm forever changed after playing that character. And I had um, such amazing people around me and other actors to learn from and and work with and bond. It was beautiful. Yeah. But what I will say is that when it comes to that conversation is that I was really proud that it sparked, like her death sparked 
a wider conversation and yeah. like so then the things that come after it people it is in people's consciousness when they're making choices like I'm an actor I get hired like you know all these decisions are made just to even let me even audition for it let alone anything you know what I mean like there's sort of there's all these decisions that are made so like when the decisions are you know being made that people are going oh maybe we should maybe we should actually we also need to bring voices that a diverse group of voices into those decision-making um, rooms. Yeah. And so that's all part of it. And I was very happy as much as I, you know, I understood. And I, I, it's funny because on one hand, I was like, everyone dies on Game of Thrones. I was not expecting to still be here in season eight. So the fact that I was, um, and I finally happened, I was like, oh, there you go. That's my turn to die. Right. But then the sort of, I also understood and felt, and knew the sort of significance of it and um and and I think the conversation that then came out of it was really important and I was really proud that that happened and um and I hope in some small way that that contributed to that and um yeah so. I think it's safe to say it did definitely um another contribution we have to talk about is being a part of the fast franchise which I know fast 10 I think it's still in production. It seems like, are you? Are, production. I've wrapped on it, but I think, they're, I think they're going for another, I don't know, like week or so, I think. I, I mean, know. these productions are so unique in every respect, as you well know, just like the, the nature of it. And clearly, look, the, there have been difficulties in these productions and it's inherent in, the, in this kind of large scale filmmaking. But like on this go around on the recent one, which had, had a change in director. And I'm surprised, yeah. Vin, why is Vin not directing by now? Have you talked uh, to Vin about that? I, I haven't actually. I mean, I haven't, but I think that he should be directing. Um, there's there's one more, right? It's, there's still time. He's done it before and it's right. been excellent. So, you know, and I don't know. What, what can you it's say? It's hard to act and direct. No, I get it. Especially like that. Yeah. that do it, I'm like, I don't even know how you're doing that. But <laughs> is this the case? Like, where, do you read the whole script of like Fast 10? Like, could if I even asked you to, you could tell me what actually happens in the movie? Like, yeah, it's not yeah. one of those things. Okay. No, no, I could tell you. I could tell you. Okay. Well, go ahead. I, but I won't. But, uh, <laughs> I if I value my job, I would. Uh... No, I get it. I get it. I get it. Can you say anything? Has there been any talk? Are you guys still talking about like, we keep waiting for this, like, supposed, you know, the female led ensemble spinoff movie it comes up I every press. I yeah i mean i wouldn't that be awesome um i i've heard it's i've heard kind of whispers about it but i've never heard anything particularly sort of um concrete kind of about it just concrete sort of, yeah. yeah and i think like maybe that maybe i'm just not um i've not been paying attention or something or i don't know like that's also very possible um right. But I, but I, I haven't heard anything concrete, okay. but I, I, I definitely, if I feel like there's like a positive sort of, when it has come up, people have sounded excited or positive about yeah. it. So I hope, I hope that would happen. It'll be really cool. Is there anything you can say just in terms of, obviously the scale is huge, but for Fast 10, what struck you just without revealing any too much, like about this story in particular? Mm, I mean, yes, I think this story, we're so used to like these, I mean, there's a lot of action as always, there's big spectacle pieces, incredible, like high octane, like, you know, just ferocious uh, kind of sequences. But I think what I think makes this movie different is that the stakes for the characters personally are much higher. 
it's one thing when it's like, oh, we're all on this unite unified mission. Right. You know, stop this danger, right. which is still kind of true, but the sort of the personal lives and the personal element i think of the of the, um, the story um that stakes are much much higher for gotcha. and that's all i'm gonna say no that's fair one one other project i do want to mention are you in coppola's next film are you doing megalopolis yes yes we, okay i'm, I'm obsessed uh, with this i'm very excited about this i mean yeah me too. <laughs> <laughs> um because, okay, I, I literally like first talked to Francis Ford Coppola like 15 years ago about this movie. He's been trying to make it, as people might know, for yeah. decades. Yeah. Uh, um, can you can you say anything about sort of like, I mean, I know Adam Driver's in it. I, there's a huge ensemble, Forrest Whitaker, I think. Yeah, um, I think Lawrence Fishburne as well. Yeah. And there was a few, loads of people went out, but I'm, I'm like... Okay, I, okay. I, I don't want to like say in case anything's changed or I don't know. But. Well, here's my, have you done the, 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 the fabled camp Coppola yet? Are you going to do that? Do you go to, to his estate and do the, the, the kind of like a rehearsing kind of thing for this well, one? Well, I believe that we do have a rehearsal period. So um, yeah, I'm so excited. I'm so excited to like work and like do whatever this process. I'm really just, yeah, it's hu- it just feels so huge and like exciting. And like, he's just obviously an actor, um, a director of a generation. Like he's like one of the best to ever do it. And yeah. like, I'm so thrilled. I'm so thrilled because I just want to absorb every little morsel of all of it. And these actors, I mean, what? I cannot, I'm like, it's... Did you do one? Because I've spoken to a bunch of actors over the years that have done like read throughs, that have done like table reads when he was kind of testing out the material. Were you at one of those with like a table read or no, just an audition? No, or what no. did you do? Well, I think when the, the sort of it's come like it's come around a couple times. And I think like we met a few years ago initially and we just met just as, you know, me. And then, and that was like, oh my God. <laughs> Like, you know, I remember just like calling my mom, like, (laughs) came out and and I was like, okay, so my afternoon's been crazy. Like, this is cool. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, that happened. And then it kind of went away for a while. And then I, you know, we talked again. It was just sort of like over time. And then when it sort of got geared up again, um, um, we sort of Zoomed. I was shooting the invitation, actually, when it's all kind of... Um, actually materialized and we had a really fun zoom call and um yeah just he's so smart and like just brilliant and we got on super well and I was so excited and I was like this was great even if whatever happens yeah. they might have so many people like literally banging down the door to like be in this movie however this plays out the fact that we just had this lovely phone call and like we just we played like he like we like played a game it was like fun and relaxed and you know it was great and um I was like uh I'm so happy to have had that and I would be I'm a happy woman I'm like great and and then to come this is going to be an adventure this is going to be awesome and so the fact that it then they were like they were like do you want to do this film I was like yeah (laughs) 
Yes. <laughs> How often does Francis Ford Coppola direct a movie and direct like a passion project? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I'm so thrilled. Um, last thing for you, because I know I need to let you go do a lot of more uh, exciting, you know, talking up your great new movie. Where are you at on the whole superhero thing? The fa- You're fan casted all the time for different roles, which is very flattering. You get, you, I don't know if you see the fan art every year or two when they're like, oh, she should be Storm or Catwoman, et cetera. Um, is that something foremost on your brain? Is that something that you still would crave or, or what? I think that because I tend to want to do all kinds of things. Like I don't have like, there's definitely things that I want to do more of, like more kind of dramatic roles for sure. Or like more indie film or, you know, like I, I want to get on stage at some point, you know, I'm sort of open to all of it. And so I think like playing a superhero is badass. Like I want to be, I want to, <laughs> be a superhero I don't that's I think that's cool even if I just did it once in like yeah. one scene <laughs> where I get a cool outfit and a superpower like that's hey. just fun and you know but yeah I'd love to play a superhero I'd love to do like um a movie as as yeah is there, I like is there one on your brain at this point or are you just open to whatever comes down the road I, to be honest I'm not the most kind of like in like comic book like savvy person um my best friend though, he's always like, you should play this person, you should play this person. And I'm like, I'm like, okay. Sure. Let, let me know. I'm, I'm sort of down um, to sort of throw my hat in the ring. Right. Always. Um, but I just think it's fun. Like with sci-fi, with genre in general, you're allowed to like have conversations with your audience that are maybe harder to digest when they're not in a genre space and I think Marvel's and like those big superhero movies like they do that so well and um and I kind of like the idea of like just donning a sort of amazing outfit and just having some supernatural powers and just there you go doing it doing it like big and it would be fun like those big set pieces and people that I've like worked with on met that have done those they're like they're tough they're like the training and I'd love the challenge of that and the physicality of it I'm here for all of it I'm here to try like and I and I like to do as much of it as I can you know I think you can meet the challenge. Um, look, it's, you've been doing this a while, but you're just getting started. A lot more exciting opportunities to come. Congratulations. A big moment. Look, you're leading your first you know, feature film all yourself. The invitation. Very happy for you. And, and look, as we said, some exciting things to come. Enjoy the Coppola experience. I can't wait to hear about it after the fact. Um, well, and it's, we'll definitely talk again. Yeah, yeah. It's been great to connect today. Thank you, Natalie. Thank you. And so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Remember to review, rate and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh. (laughs) 